it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizier. Dean Hammond here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizier. Follow the show on at number podcast on Twitter and on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. And this is episode 207. A nice little layoff after that shocker at the hands of Sunderland. And we're back with another shocker at the hands of Leicester. Uh, We'll be on hand to catch you up with all the news during the break. Uh, And Tim will give us the lowdown on a busy period as we prepare to take on Ipswich on Tuesday night and then back up to the northeast to take on Middlesbrough at the Riverside on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Joining me, as always, is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Uh, Nice week off. Busy couple of weeks in the UK for you. Yeah. Yeah. Slow and slow getting back into work. I'm doing all sorts of shit back and forth. Um, yeah, 
watched football. I had a nice little school reunion yesterday, and that was fun. Yeah, 20, 22 years. Doesn't sound... Yeah, like, oh, don't tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem possible, does it? But yeah, no, it was good. Good to catch up with uh, old friends from school and, uh, you know, a, a teacher as well. And my tutors uh, in year 10 and 11 was there. So that was... Yeah, it was it was a really good time to catch up with everyone. And actually, I've seen a lot more reviews, uh, you know, this time since you've been to the, over in the UK. So, yeah, it's, it's been great, As, aside from the football, of course, and, and I'm including England in that as well. Ah, yeah. <laughs> As I say, oh, uh, it is, yeah. Uh, Tim will not be joining us until later. Um, he's uh, he's away. He's on holiday. So uh, getting up really, really early to chat to us about about Saints um, on his holiday. So, yeah. Uh, really nice of, of Tim to do that. But yeah, we'll we'll do the rest of the show without him. Uh, probably for the best. Kevin, another embarrassing display uh, on Friday night. And it seems the international layoff did nothing for the players and Russell Martin. Uh, same problems. Defensive frailties. Uh, starting the game so poorly. Passing the ball to death and causing our own issues. Yeah, I love this narrative around international breaks. But people saying before, oh, that international break couldn't come sooner. He needs time to work with the squad. <laughs> um, you know, some of our players have been away for the international break anyway, and yeah, they come back, and we're I, w- I wouldn't say worse, but yeah, still haven't made the necessary improvements, um, yeah, especially defensively, and um, yeah, in in possession, being so unprepared and uh, bold, losing the ball in in dangerous positions, or even not particularly dangerous positions, no. but just making it dangerous for ourselves by the shape. Yeah, I think, you know, we have to judge uh, Russell Martin's brand of football by the way we play against the stronger teams. And yeah, it's not really holding up at the moment. Certainly is not. It's just the the lack of effort from the players as well is is, is embarrassing. But but yeah, more on that uh, in a bit. Um, And just quickly, um, if you're interested in joining our Discord, then yeah, get in touch. Um, As I said before, it's completely free to enter. It's all good fun. Uh, if you want to join us there, then uh, get in touch and we'll get you in. Um, and if you are enjoying the show, then please show your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Kevin, uh, some news to go through then on your international roundup. Shall we get to that now? Let's do it. This is ITN in that number news. OK, some uh, some sad news to start with. Uh, former Academy player Ben Cole passed away in the week from a rare form of bone cancer at the age of 24. Uh, he was diagnosed at the age of 17 and then forced into retirement. He then dedicated himself to charity fundraising, Teenager Cancer Trust. Absolutely heartbreaking stuff. And, you know, he'd only just proposed to his girlfriend as well. And I really generally had a tear in my eye reading the post that his girlfriend had put, put up. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's just horrible. So thoughts are with her and the rest of his family and friends during this tragic time. And there will be a, a minute's applause on Tuesday night against Ipswich. So, yeah, awful news. Jesus, a lot of tragedy recently. Yeah, definitely is. Musa, Musa Gineppo. It's official now. Musa Gineppo's four seasons uh, comes to an end with us. Uh, he still had two years left of his contract as well, uh, but he's moved back to uh, standard Liège, substandard Liège, I heard someone say, uh, in, in Belgium. <laughs> <Mid-Liege>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where we signed him from, uh, for around £14 million back in 2019. Uh, the fee is believed to be in the region of three, uh, so that's an £11 million loss for 90 appearances, five goals, five assists. 
It's not been the greatest investment. Um, he has shown glimpses of his ability, but it was never enough uh, and could never sustain an extended amount of time in the side. It's a real shame because I always I don't know, I always felt that he, there was better times still coming with him. It was just one of those things mm. that, you know, we still got him. He's still our player. He's he's only going to get better. But it just that soon never just it just never arrived. did it? And you, you can never accuse him of giving his best because he did. And, you know, the fans got on his back quite a lot. Uh, and that could yeah, have his like chances. That. Yeah, I, I guess he wasn't always used correctly. And he was put out of positions where he was bound to foul. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Ralph put him at that left back role uh, a few times. Uh, ultimately, he, just not good enough. And, and yeah, just have to say good luck in Belgium. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he is a good player. I think just, you know, just the slightly lower level of football. And I think maybe he can really shine. Uh, we didn't get a chance in the squad at all. So, no. yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's just tough. You know, you're brought in by one manager, then you get through a few more managers. Some of them show an interest, some of them don't. And then, yeah, Russell Martin, you know, hopefully he's here for the for the long term. He's got a chance to build something. Doesn't seem as part as part of his plans. So, you know, better move him on sooner than later. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, good luck. Um, and another one has gone. Uh, Paul Anuachu, he's off to Turkey. Trabzonspor. Only a season-long loan, though, and he links up with uh, with fellow flop Mislav Orsic. Um, this was someone that we needed off the books permanently, but that didn't happen, and we were never going to recoup that £18 million spend. But um, can you believe we actually spent that on him? It's, it's crazy. It is absolute madness. I mean, it, 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 he is synonymous with... Failure? Um, with failure in the end, the same way as Guido Carrillo. Paid a similar amount of money played a similar number of minutes, made a similar impact on the squad by zero. And, yeah, you know, I, I just don't, I really still don't get it. You know, we were supposed to be such a prudent club, uh, making shrewd signings and then just splash it on a player like that. I think we were calling for a striker. And when he came in the January yeah. window, it was like, we've got one. Uh, it doesn't, <laughs> we didn't really seem to care who we got or what we paid. We just got what, what we what we deserved really with it and hasn't really worked Gang were laughing all the way to the bank absolutely were yeah uh yeah two games uh two october games have been selected for sky and have moved kickoff times so we've got preston high flying preston uh at deep will now feature on sky on wednesday the 25th of october uh, and three days later on the 28th will be moved to 12 30 kickoff, kickoff and that'll be selected for sky that's um that's the birmingham game um, right, okay, Kev, uh, shall we shall we round them up? Oh yeah, let's let's round them up then. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do this in uh, chronological order, just for a change. So yeah, we'll start with the first internationals on Wednesday, the sixth September. Yeah, Sam Amo Amio, he made his England under 18s debut uh, for the Young Lions in a two nil loss to France in the. Tournoi International. Jaden Magoma and Tyler Dibbling also made their first appearances under 18th level. Uh, they came play? on for subs. Yeah, they came oh. on as subs in the 75th minute. Nice. But to no avail. Then on to the 7th on Thursday. So, yeah, Sekumara, he earned his first call up in over two years uh, for France's under 21s. Uh, they beat Denmark 4 1 in a friendly, an Irish triumvirate. Uh, in the squad to play uh, France in the Euro 2024 
qualifier also on Thursday. Baza, he played the full 90 minutes, uh, <laughs> saw two goals in his own net in a defeat against France, 2-0. Uh, Manning and Smallbone are new subs in that match. Uh, Bednarek, the same day, he kept a clean sheet in their Euro 2024 qualifying 2-0 victory over the Fairlow. Fairlow? Over the Faroe Islands. I thought they were mountains. Um, yeah, they beat <laughs> the Faroe Islands 2-0 at the Stadion Naradovu. Shea Charles, he's been impressing for Northern Ireland. Uh, he uh, went on their trip to Slovenia with Northern Ireland uh, for their Group H Euro 2024 qualifier. Uh, played the full game, but couldn't prevent a 4-2 defeat at uh, yeah, Stadion Storica Friday. Amaramio was back in action. He played the last 20 minutes of their 4-0 defeat to Japan, also in that tournament international. Mm. Yes, nasty defeat there. Um, Stu and McAdams, they were in the squad for Cyprus against Scotland. They helped get them. I mean, they're almost qualified now with that 3-0 win over Cyprus. Um Shea played just over an hour, and then Stu came on in the 84th minute. And, yeah, Scotland, five out of five. Unbelievable. Uh, flying high. Still couldn't yeah. be England in a friendly, though, could they? Is it, it, is it coming home? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, Sunday, and Shea Charles was again in action. Um, it's not much distance between these um, matches in terms of time. Playing, playing a lot. Um, yeah, second 90-minute spell in four days. But again, Northern Ireland, they fell to an embarrassing 1-0 away loss to Kazakhstan. And that's, yeah, fifth defeat out of six. They're Ouch. not looking good for the Northern Irish squad. Amamio and Magoma, they both played the full 90 minutes in uh, last cast defeat for England in that 2-1 loss to Portugal in that Tournament International. Yeah, Baza, Manning and Smallbone. Um, Baza, Baza had a bit of a nightmare in Dublin in their match against the Netherlands. Conceded mm. a penalty with Ireland already ahead that Cody Gappo converted to equalise and Manning and Smallbone did come on as subs, but yeah, they couldn't help Ireland who went down and lost 2-1 to the Netherlands. Joe Rebo, um, only one match that I saw for Joe. Um, in Nigeria's AFCON qualifier against Sayatome and Principe, uh, he was subbed on the 64th minute of a rather convincing 6-0 victory for Nigeria. Uh, Jan Bednarek in uh, Poland's Euro qualifier against Albania. He left the field injured in the first half and it was a disappointing 2-0 to de- defeat to Albania. And that leaves them fourth in their group with yeah, only three matches to play. That's, that's bad, isn't good it? Good point. Good. And um, mm. just on Jan Bednarek as well, obviously missed the, the Leicester game with that injury. Um, uh, Ru- Russell Martin has said that he was touch and go for that. Um, and hearing what he said, you know, um, I'm guessing he'll be involved against Ipswich on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, God, we do need some some alternatives at the moment don't we? <laughs> yeah uh, England under 21s uh, we've got Howard Bellis and Samadozi uh, Howard Bellis um, the captain obviously um, yeah he helped them to a clean sheet 3-0 victory over Luxembourg in that uh, Young Lions opening Euro 2025 qualifier uh, Samadozi unused sub uh, in Diffidanga which 
which is probably one of my favourite towns in Luxembourg. Um, Sakumara came off the bench to score his first goal for Thierry Henry's France under 21s in the 88th minute as they began their qualifying campaign for Euro 2025 with a 4-0 win over Slovenia. So well done, Seku. Yeah, that was excellent. Good news. And finally, it was rounded off on Tuesday the 12th of September with that Scotland versus England friendly, yeah, recreating that, that famous first ever international match 150 years ago. Uh, yeah, Shea Adams played about an hour of Scotland's 3-1 defeat to the hand of England, hand and park. Stu came off the bench in the 82nd minute for Kieran Tierney. And that just about rounds it up. I mean, there were a couple of um, other youngsters that were in action. Yeah, Cammy Doyle and um, Don Ballard had call-ups for the England under-19s, didn't they? 19s, yeah, that's mm. right. Um, they had a couple of friendlies uh, in Spain. And, yeah, they, they, they got some minutes under their belt. Um, lost 1-0 to Germany and uh, beat Switzerland 4-2. Um, yeah, Cammy Doyle came off the bench in that match. And, yeah, Ball- Ballard um, scored against Switzerland in that 4-2 win in his first under-19 goal. Yeah, McGowan and Dibbling um, mentioned them earlier. Jay Robinson made his mm. debut for the under-17s uh, for England. He came on as a substitute against Portugal. Um, yeah, England lost 3-2 in that match. And Joe Andrews, um, yeah, he also got his first cap for Wales' under-19s for their matches against Finland, uh, Wales won the first one and lost the second one, something like that. So, yeah, yeah and again, coming off the bench, but yeah, some youngsters coming through the ranks. Yeah. All good. Excellent. Right. Thanks very much, Kev. That was a uh, very comprehensive. Um, Epic. Yes. Uh, and j- just on some loans, Don Ballard played uh, for Reading uh, the other day, yesterday, in fact, against Bolton. They won 2-1. Uh, he, he did play. He got substituted off, but he got booked as well. So, uh, yeah, not not the greatest of starts for him personally, but still on the field. Uh, Lewis Payne is Newport County. He grabbed an assist uh, in Newport's 1-1 draw against Barrow. Uh, and that is about it for the for the loanies. Nothing of note to, to discuss. Um, so I move on to under-21s then. Actually, uh, well, talking about Don Ballard, he was nominated for Premier League 2 Player of the Month uh, for August. Uh, and... Again, his Reading side, I, mean, I don't know if you saw this, but they've been docked uh, three points. Uh, they were already docked a point for, for missed payments, and now um, they've had a further three. So, yeah, it's really, really sad times for Reading. Bit of a shit show there. Yes. Um, and the under-21s in general, I mean, the, the last match was on Tuesday, the 12th of September, uh, and they played the Servio Men's Senior Cup game against Cowes Sports. And they won 4-2. Uh, goals from Josh Pitts and Will Merry. Uh, Nick Oyakunle and Moses Cisse with the goals for the under-21s. Uh, and their next match is West Ham away on Friday, the 22nd of September at Rush Green. Um, and the women's. I know that the yeah the England under-23s, they're playing Norway and away oh. and um, Belgium. Yeah, that's a, um, a, the new meadow, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, Kayla Rendell and Ella Morris and Molly Pike. Uh, they all got placed in that squad, so yeah, well done. I hope they see some action. Um, Laura Rafferty, yeah, really cementing her place in the Northern Ireland senior squad, and uh, we've also got 
call up for Atlanta Primus. She scored, Jamaica scored today, squad. by the way, for, for the, when the women's team scored. So good for her. Right. Okay, super. And uh, yeah, Megan win for Wales and uh, Sophie Harwood gets a call up for the England under 17. So yeah, congratulations. I hope they do their respective countries proud. Yes. Um, and as I just mentioned, uh, they played. Well, there's two games to catch up on, actually, because the, the, the last time when we were recording, they were um, they were still playing Blackburn Rovers at the time. Uh, and they won. Uh, they won two nils. Sophia Farah and, uh, and Alex Brooks own goal uh, last Sunday afternoon was that Sunderland game at St. Mary's, and that was a 1-0 loss. So, yeah, Sunderland's stopping the, the win streak, which they did for the men's also. Uh, and they've actually played today as well against Reading at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, uh, and they won 4-1. So a brilliant win today. That was goals from uh, from Molly Pike. She was brilliant again today. I watched the game. Uh, yeah, she was excellent everywhere. She opened the scoring after 10 minutes. Katie Wilkinson from the penalty spot on 28 minutes. Atlanta Primus on her debut gets the goal in the 73rd. And Gemma Perfield on the 82nd minute. Um, we did concede in the 93rd minute, but it was just a consolation from a, from a corner, though. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's, that's filtering down to the women's side. Yeah. Uh, under 18s, uh, they played on Saturday the 16th against Norwich at Staplewood. Uh, and a 4-2 win with a hat-trick from Will Merry. So he's banging him in at the moment. Uh, and the other was Josh Pitts, who's also scoring some goals. Um, but that, that was quite an interesting game, actually, because Norwich made it 2-2 in the 85th minute. Uh, and then Merry scored twice in the 89th and 91st for the win. Um, so, yeah, exciting game there at Staplewood. Uh, and they play Arsenal next away uh, at the Arsenal Training Centre on Saturday the 23rd. OK, then that's all the news gone through. Now we have to go through the big one, this Leicester game from Friday night. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. An embarrassing. Well, we 4-1. put it off as long as we could, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah, an embarrassing four-one loss. Uh, not the first time they've beaten us four-one at St Mary's. Uh, they did it back in 2017-18, if you remember. Uh, but amazingly, we did the double over them last season, um, and we were looking to make it three in a row for the first time since 2008. Obviously, it didn't happen. They completely outclassed us. Uh, Russell Martin then made four changes. Kev. Um, and I guess they were taken as positive changes. Well, they were, from my point of view, anyway, beforehand. Um, Taylor Harwood-Bellis making his debut. Uh, Shay Adams back among the starters. Ryan Fraser handed his first start as well. Um, it was a positive-looking side, yes, Kevin? And uh, Shay Charles making his start, yeah. So it's a, it's a brand-new centre-back partnership with um, yeah, THB <laughs> and, and, yeah, Shay Charles. Didn't really fill me with confidence at all, to be honest. Um, 
never thought I'd be saying this, but I can't wait for Ben Merrick to get back in the squad. Um, oh, yeah, because he was so good uh, yeah. against Sunderland. He's <laughs> just trying there, to there pick the no best of a bad bunch at the moment, isn't it? But, I mean, uh, the, the starting lineup, I wasn't that, I was quite impressed with it. I thought, when um, Ryan Fraser came on for his debut, I thought he looked really good and I thought he needed to, needed to start. I did too. Um, mm. You've seen Sam Adozi, he's, he's, you know, in spells he's been good. He's starting to work on his end product, which which we sh- we saw uh, in this game and, and in the QPR game. Um, so mm. uh, from my point of view, I thought it was okay. It was good to see Shay Char- uh, Shay, Char- uh, Shay Adams back in the side, um, and in getting that start because there was, you know, he said that he didn't start him because of all the noise about the transfer last time out, uh, which was mm-hmm. a worry. Um, one thing I did want to say, ask you though, Kevin, like, what did you think about Adam Armstrong being made captain? Because part of this Shay Adams new contract that they offered him was, you know, the captaincy or vice captaincy rather when, when, uh, Jack Stevens isn't there, but you know, they were both starting and Adam Armstrong gets the armband. Not a lot was mentioned about that. That's an interesting point that I didn't really, Hmm. um, didn't really think about that at all. I was more focusing on, I mean, Smallbone being back after after injury, that that was reassuring. Um, and yeah, him putting Adams and Armstrong and not, I mean, you could maybe say that Charles is he's not out of position as such because he can play at centre back, but we'd well, rather have him in that defensive midfield role. Yeah, ostensibly, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no players out of position, no Mara on the wing or any of that bollocks. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, the squad made sense given the uh, injuries that we've got. Yeah, especially at centre back with Bednarik and Stevens out, and yeah, mm. makeshift. But yeah, otherwise okay, I thought so. Anyway, um, and looking at Leicester, yeah. uh, Maresca clearly did his homework and he did it well. I'm watching what Sunderland mm-hmm. did to us, and he used that pace up top, he pressed up high, forced the mistakes. Look to catch us on the counter, and that's exactly what happened. And this is what we said at the start of um, Russell Martin's tenure as well. We said if if there's a team that's going to be you know quite high pressing and they've got plenty of pace, then we can be found out. This seems as clear as anything now. Yeah, it's repeated. I mean, the, it, it's frustrating on the one hand, but you know you see the the method in the madness with um, the playing out from the back, taking lots of you know slow. Uh, progressive passing but you know when when we do move up we're definitely open on the counter-attack and you can only really play that possession-based game if you keep the ball and don't give it away uh, sloppily and that you're prepared for that eventuality you know lest it happen we weren't prepared at all um we yeah we just got our, our pants repeatedly pulled down and when you do lose possession, there's no there's no desire to actually get back and put it right. It's just doesn't seem it's to not be enough I mean, of it. People jogging desire back into or position. no desire. Well, they just don't have the pace. It's the thing. This is it. Yeah, we're not a very quick side, are we? It's um. And looking at the stats pre-game, like both, uh, you know, everyone has been saying. Even even in Tim's preview, they said you know they're both high possession-based sides, uh, the most in the championship. But Maresca was just happy for Leicester to concede the possession and the Saints to see plenty of the ball and show faith in his hard-working midfield and his front line. Um, and, yeah, it, that, that paid off. But one of, one of the most worrying things was the fact that I believe that that Sunderland game was a blip. I mean, because you get those, don't you, in a season. You get a really poor, poor performance and you get battered by a side that perhaps you shouldn't do. And that Sunderland one was it. And I thought the international break 
would you know would allow us to stew over it sort it out uh, well especially russell martin anyway knowing what he would have to do and know that he'd have to see a response and i believe that we would see a reaction but we saw nothing of the sort and in many ways it was worse because leicester could they could have had plenty plenty more that could have been six seven one yeah it could have but you know it could have been like a three three draw as well um we did have chances that um we're just not taken. Yeah, that's something that he alluded to in his in his post match interview. But I, I yeah, mean, I found myself. I mean, I think you know people have really um, uh, his comments have got the backup of a lot of fans, right? Mm. Um, he's saying that he's proud of the performance. That I mean, okay, maybe he's just protecting the players a bit, um, but he's not really taking the blame himself either. Uh, but a lot of the things that he was saying, I, I kind of found myself reluctantly agreeing with. Mm, OK, well, I mean, we'll get on to that, <laughs> that in a bit afterwards, after the game. But I mean, the main problem, Kev, is the defensive errors. They're creeping in straight from the off, which shouldn't happen. And Jamie Vardy mm-hmm. opens after 21 seconds. I think you, your ass was just on the seat and, you know, the goal goes in and immediately <laughs> yeah. on the back foot against probably the best side in the league. And it's not an ideal handicap you want to give. No, yeah, it made it clear instantly that it wasn't going to be our day, um, that we'd need a miracle. The second goal came relatively quickly as well. You know, we were 2-0 down after 19, 18 minutes. Mm, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, within 20 minutes, we're two goals down. And you're thinking, well, you know, mathematically, if they keep scoring with uh, that frequency... (laughs) Scoreline is going to be an all too familiar doomsday situation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we were two nil. I mean, two nil down in in seven minutes to to Sunderland, so it was a little bit a little bit better. You know, maybe we'll be two nil down after thirty minutes against Ipswich. (laughs) Yeah, little bits. You just uh, you just get a bear every every time. But yeah, but most of it, Kevin, was our own making. You know, you're gifting them goals because we're not sticking to the basics and you're getting caught trying to play a certain way. You're not tracking back and you're being out of position, and it's so easy Mm. to play against. And both both fullbacks haven't been able to defend well this season. And Shay Charles, I mean, he was at fault for the Vardy opener and Flynn Downs just kind of teed it up for Vardy. The, the second was a carbon copy. It's like you, you can't keep making these same mistakes. And for all this slow possession based style, our goal actually came from a Bazunu long ball and a mistake yes. from Leicester, um, which Adozi finished very nicely, by the way. And there was a second one I thought, mm. He hasn't got that in his locker, but he did give us a little bit of hope there. But um, yeah, very nicely done from baby Shay. But just you can't keep making those mistakes again and again, uh, you know, losing the ball so low down and allowing them to, to counter and, and just basically walk through the field. Yeah, I mean, I don't know um, correctly or otherwise, but um, I was blaming the first two goals on Carl Walker Peters um, making mistakes under pressure. Um, well, I think the second one maybe not so much for, for Kyle Walker-Peters because he was, yeah, he wasn't helped out at all there. But the first one, yeah. Maybe almost all of them, you know, it's when we've been trying to play it out from the back, made a really sloppy pass, being caught out for it, and Leicester just instantly snap into the right gear. I mean, you just can't deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose, right, another, another worrying thing to add, uh, well, there's plenty of them unfortunately is like we, we actually talked about this on Saturday <laughs> defensively Leicester they aren't great sorry uh, yeah their keeper uh, he's not really great he's not 
really yeah. reliable. He's got mistakes in him, and that the whole defense seemed to. And when you've got Vestergaard playing back there, you, you, we know all too well that there's, there's a mistake in him. But yeah, our goal came from an error from them. But we weren't able to capitalize other than that. It's like if there was a an, another team or, or a Premier League team that was against Leicester that day, they would have punished them massively, three or four goals, because they're you know they're, the mistakes that they were making also. But we weren't able to do that. So everyone's talking about how bad our defence is, but how worrying is the fact that when they're making these mistakes still, we can't capitalise on it. I mean, 55% possession with 19 shots, and we only scored one. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, we were equal with them on shots on target at eight. Mm, yeah. And yeah, you know, they've put away four, and we've just managed one. And it, yeah, it's not as if we, we didn't have those chances. Like, even in the first half, I mean... Um, she did well to to lay it off for a dozy, and yeah, well done on a dozy for you yeah. know being precise enough to to get the goal. Yeah, I wonder but, if that yeah, was the other Shea way around. If a dozy had passed that to Shea, would um would uh, would Shea Adams have poked that away? <laughs> Sent it into row double D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shea did have a few chances before that, just didn't catalyze it. Um, he was one on one with keeper before that that second goal of theirs went in. Had a chance on the turn again. No, still couldn't put it away. You know, and we, we, you know, if we got an equaliser at that point, it's game on. Mm, but but no, we still got a mistake know, in us. Yeah, we do. And you know, yeah, we go, it goes down to two now. Um, we get a goal back, and you think, okay, right, you know, I'm still in this. Um, and just you know, okay, get it to half time and see if we can we can change something. Um, yeah, maybe create some uh, more opportunities in the second half. But then yeah, just on the in the dying seconds of the first half, horrible. Um, it is terrible. I mean, there, there was such a goldmouth scramble. I mean, are we why are we so allergic to just clearing the ball, you know, hoofing it away. In, in any direction apart from the goal. Yeah, it doesn't happen anymore, does it? You want to play sexy football. Mm, well, yeah, and then, you know, can't do that. retwatting around and they just, you know, pass it through defensive line unimpeded. And, yeah, and Didi. Yeah, those two, yeah, and Didi and Mavadidi, God, they were, like, running rings around us. They, they were something else. Yeah. And those last two goals of theirs were partly down to Bazzuto not being decisive enough of, you know, what he's going to do. I don't think Bazzuni was bad, really, at all. I thought he had a good game. I thought game. He, I did think he had a good game. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, no, no, don't, don't blame him for the first goal or the second. Um, I just think, yeah, for the for the fourth one, either go out and rush him or head back to your line and try and save the shot. But he sort of just slowly started taking steps back. Yeah, Mavadidi sent it straight around him. That debate, whether it's the players or the system, or perhaps a little bit of both. First and foremost, Russell Martin and his team have to take responsibility for putting those players out and playing that system and continuing to play that system after the, the Sunderland game. But the way we started in the last two games and the sloppiness in execution, it, that's on the players. If you make those kind of mistakes time after time, then you'll be punished in this league. You can't, you can't plan, as I've said before, you can't plan to lose a goal in the 21st second. The players need to take responsibility for the execution and how they're doing it, because that was so, so bad, the way that they were just casually, sloppily throwing the ball around like that. It's just, that's not good enough, and you can't blame that on Russell Martin. I mean, you can you can blame him for the system. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a risky risky way of playing, especially against the strongest opponents in the league. Uh, but yeah, 
I mean, the, the players for the execution of it um, just not done properly. And uh, I was quite excited to see Suleimana come on. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that, that was a horrific performance all round, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, I just like that Mavadidi goal. That was on Suleimana. And definitely. Boat, I was small boat showing that there, just, just, as well. Just fucking stop it. Stop showing up. You know, you're not on a YouTube skill video. You know. <laughs> definitely not a happy return because he, he saw red at the death as well let's talk about Suleiman actually for a bit because i know i know we've just discussed him on saturday afternoon as well and um you were saying how yeah unimpressed you were with him and i'll give you your chance to, to share that in a second as i think it was clear that he he wanted and expected a move away um and he, he showed flashes of, of the player that, that we know he is or he can be last season particularly in that 4-4 with liverpool he's been injured with a muscle problem Russell Martin has said he's been fantastic in training, and I guess we've all seen the footage of him in, in training in the week, um, that amazing goal that he mm. scored. But when he came on, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Um, and I'm not sure if it was disgust, if it was fear or whatever, but not the player that we needed him to be on Friday when he came on, was he? No, and he wasn't playing to his own strengths. You know, he's got that pace uh, that we definitely needed in that game. He did um, show it on one occasion. That. Yeah, but you know you want to see more more of that mm. because you know he's only got to dribble the ball up twenty yards and the crowd will be right behind him. But yeah, didn't really see much of that. And his you know his fast footwork that he's got. I mean, just gonna just take a, cu- a couple of touches here and you know, I step over there and um, then send it into the box. I mean, the whole crowd was just saying like, just fucking cross it, just fucking cross it. And he, he, you know, kept doing all those turns and fucking flair. And yeah, it was just so frustrating, you know, because we we know that he's got that pace and he's got that um that movement, but yeah, just didn't really see anything anything of that. And I think he must have been frustrated himself as that late challenge right at the end shows. You think it was a red card? No, I mean it's it's a fifty fifty challenge. Justin gets the ball. Um, he gets to it. His studs aren't up. Uh, he just trips over him, doesn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think. I mean, yeah, my brother, brother who was with me, um, was convinced that it should have been given the other way, not red cards, but the foul should have been given the other way. But yeah. you know, Justin gets the ball. Fair enough. It's just a, it's a fifty-fifty. It's a, you know they came together. Um, it wasn't dangerous. And yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a red card. Um, hopefully it gets overturned, but you know, uh, to be fair, if he's going to play like that, I'd rather see him out of the squad. Oh so with all this going on, the, the, the club, we don't even know where, what sort of a club we are because we've started the season so well. We're picking up points, uh, 10 points, which was good. I mean, we, we all know we had more points than Burnley did at this stage last season or that we did at that point. We don't know where we are now. You know, two heavy defeats, two embarrassing defeats in, in, in a manner that we don't like. What's going on with this side? Like, where are we? You know, we're making it look hard. And yeah, I said we're picking up points at a good rate. We were. The calendar page turns to September and we're suddenly we're a mess. We have no shape. We have no leaders at the back. Is asking Charles to play in that role? Is it suited? Uh, but then again, who else do we have? Mason Holgate? I mean, it seems that whoever we stick at the back is not going to be good enough. You know, Harwood Bellis was brought in to play this system specifically. Flynn Downs was also brought in. Uh, Charles is a project, but this just isn't working, is it? Like, what what side are we? Are we a mid-table championship side? Are we are we challenging for 
for the playoffs? Are we potential champions or are we relegation fodder? Where are we? What are we, Kevin? I'm you know, sticking to my guns with what I said at the beginning of the season, that we're a mid-table championship side as it stands. Um, you know, a work in progress. Um, do we have patience from the fans and the board and the players that, you know, and the belief that it will eventually work? Don't know. I'm kind of annoyed that, you know, we didn't sell Arma Belakotchap in the transfer window and rather than sending him out on loan it would have been better to, to keep him so then you've got at least one experienced <laughs> centre back I'll play him alongside but no play him alongside Stevens um, but yeah we've left ourselves you know needing to bring in another centre back whereas you know we started the season with a surfeit of uh, centre backs and the players that we are putting in there now then they're not you know, they're not ex- they're that experienced. I'm um, like, okay, yeah, Harwood Bellis had a season in the championship last season. But, yeah, putting him along Shea Charles, who, you know, hasn't really been playing first-team football, it, it's it's a risk, and, yeah, it's a risk that hasn't paid off. Yep, it hasn't. No, and, and small bone and downs, that isn't working. Um, that partnership in the middle there. We don't have a leader there also. No combative title. I know everyone says about Romeo being missed and we've got no James Ward-Prowse, obviously, anymore. Everyone is young and lacks that leadership. Can you honestly see anyone in this side right now, given his teammates, you know, a pickup or a public grilling or anything? It's just not there, is it? No. Yeah, we're not a particularly uh, aggressive or strong... Yeah. Team, you know, we've always had this problem that we're too nice. Um, yeah, I mean, Prouncey used to like a bit of shithousery. Romanu yeah. was um, always putting the fear of God in yeah. the opposition. Um, we just don't have those players. I mean, if you physically, if you look at that right wing, Paul Peters and Odozi, they're made of string, really. Fraser, he's, he's quite stocky. Uh, um, so, yeah, maybe it'd be good to utilise him and um, yeah, Suleiman's speed. Manning is great coming forwards, but not very good defensively. Well, he hasn't been, has he? No. None of our fullbacks have been yeah. great defensively. But yeah, again, I mean, there's just there's so no many weak weaknesses in, in each position. Yeah, not this just not enough. And centre centre back issues. You've got no Stevens, you've got no leaders. You got I mean Yanni is a leader. Uh with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. His experience, he's missing too. Uh, Shea Charles is not a great centre-back for me. Uh, he's a great footballer. He's going to be a great footballer, but he just doesn't look like he's going to be a, a strong enough centre-back. Uh, Taylor Harwood-Bellis, I mean, he looked brilliant under company. And Mason Holgate didn't look that bad as he did against Sunderland. But 
I mean, is it Russell Martin? Is Russell Martin really that bad? Can he not get anything out of these players? Maybe to play devil's advocate a bit. You know, we're not, our season's not going to be defined by this match against Leicester. Leicester probably going to run away with it. I think it's more of the sides that we're going to play soon. Like, you know, mm. Ipswich and Middlesbrough, Leeds. And that. Yeah, yeah. Big, big old week coming up, isn't it? In a couple of weeks, we're mm. going to know a little bit. Maybe we'll know a little bit more about what sort of a club we are by then. Um, but bands have started to turn on Russell Martin already. And is that a fair assessment? It's no surprise. I'm not surprised. Yeah, two real shit shows with embarrassing scorelines. I mean, it's ridiculous to start demanding Russell out. But yeah, at the moment, it's not working. Pressure's on. He needs to get a result out of these upcoming games. Absolutely. And I mean, I was reading on the, um, the Daily Echo. I, I like reading the comments because you get the, you know, the the real fans on there that comment and, and mm. give, give their their. Uh, uh, their two cents and everything. Um, and I want to read one out actually from from um, someone called Posh Dave from the Daily Echo uh, comments. Um, <laughs> so I hope you're listening. Um, he says I've worked closely with a couple of Swansea Jacks for a few years, and they were beaming like a couple of Cheshire cats when Russell Martin left for us. They simply said they were bored, stupid with ineffective and negative play of Russell Martin teams. Says it all really. We needed a motivator like Darren Moore. Not a guy whose only tactic is to send the opposition and fans to sleep. <laughs> it does say it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> and we talked about this after the Sunderland defeat, actually. And it, does he change his style? And, well, I guess same question, because he's playing for his career right now. And does he have to change it? I mean, he didn't sort out the problems with MK Dons or with Swansea. So why on earth do we think he's going to here? Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Martin needs to go out. You do need to give him time, but it's it, he needs to he needs to start like you said about his his, his interview, you, you felt you were agreeing with certain things he said, but he does need to take a little bit more responsibility for it. He's not and he doesn't he, it's like he's too proud of his system and it's he he will stick with this no matter what, you know, whether we're you know twenty fourth in the table and still struggling to score goals and stop them. Uh, he, he will stick with this system. He's always going to do it. That's the only thing he knows how to do. It's all possession. It's no defence. There's no threat. It's a combination. The whole lot is a complete downfall. And I don't want to blame one person. But this is a massive problem. And, and, and I think everybody's culpable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. If you're a one-trick trick pony and you get found out, there's, no, there's nothing you can do. There's not really a, um, a plan B. Exactly. Um, maybe. Maybe he'll adapt. I think it's a bit unfair to say that he's sending everybody to sleep. I mean, it's a, it's a lot more exciting, the football we've been seeing this season than last season. Well, I mean, not the last two games, but on the whole. Yeah. 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 Not on the whole. I mean, you know, I, I mean, if we, even if we take the bad performances of this season and compare them to the bad performances of last season, it's still better now. <laughs> OK. <laughs> well, we are in the league league below, don't forget. Um, but yeah, ninth in the table now, and it's 10 points, 16 goals conceded is pathetic. And you look at those at the top and around us, and it, Preston conceded four, Leicester five, Ipswich seven, Birmingham five, Sunderland six, Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday at the bottom have conceded 13 and 10, respectively. That's such a telling stat. He's got to look at this, right, and say, 16 goals conceded. What do we have to do to stop them from scoring? You've got to look at this. And it's, it's oh, it's so, so bad. It really is bad. You've got teams at Sheffield Wednesday are struggling and they've only conceded 
what, 10 goals to our six. It's, it's, it's really, really bad, Kevin. It is. Have you got any stats? I mean, we talked about them briefly, but um, did you want to underline any? Yeah, um, we t- did come out ahead in possession, as we've grown to expect, 55%. Um, 19 shots we had compared mm. to their 15. So, yeah, we did have, you know, more... more more of the chances, so to speak. Uh, eight shots on target each. Yeah, if we're talking about our touches, you know, we're sort of thinking about working towards a thousand, um, only 719. Yeah, I, I, we did create chances, Kevin. I mean, Adam Armstrong had a golden opportunity, didn't he, um, to reduce the deficit, but blazed it over. And that, that was unforgivable. Um, and and mm. I, do, I do believe we have got goals in us. I mean, we've only scored one in the last two games, but... We are going to score plenty this season, unlike last year. It's just this system, I think, defensively with the, the current crop of players that it's not working and that needs to change pronto. And yeah, as I said, nine goals in two games is just it's just so, so bad. Um, Russell Martin, now I'll get to those comments because you said there was things that you did agree with. So I'm going to I'm going to read out what he said. Uh, I'll, only... I'll just chip in with a yes whenever I agree. OK, the only similarity is that we started the game really poorly again. And we put ourselves in a tough position. Mm-hmm. We reacted brilliantly. But when they stole the ball from us, mm-hmm. they punished us. And we stole yep. it from them relentlessly, but didn't punish them. Uh, yep. they, they were really clinical and we weren't. Yep. I don't think there was a huge amount between the teams. And I know I'll get criticised mm-hmm. for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went toe to toe with them, but we started the game so poorly that we gave ourselves a mountain to climb. Mm. We conceded a poor goal after getting back in it. I'm sure there were so many overreactions and that sort of stuff, but I'm proud of the players for what they gave us for so long in the game. Yeah, we're on the right path. I know, I know that, and the last two results are not going to take away that from me. We're learning all the time. Trust the system. Just an, yeah, I mean, we didn't go toe to toe with them. Um, I mean, you know, we for we played 90 minutes against them. That's true. Um, were we equal in any respect? No, they were clearly much better than us. Yeah, yeah. It's just a generic response. Like some things you can't argue with because he is right. You know, we did concede a stupid goal in 21 seconds. But yeah, saying that the players gave everything and what they gave it's just no they did not i'm sorry i can't agree with that but um yeah man of the match kevin this is going to be a difficult one again whoever you give it to doesn't deserve it easy choice would be to give it to a dozy because he got the goal i'm not going to do that i thought he was weak and he had other opportunities that he didn't take advantage of which frustrated me um sorry yeah I'm, i'm just going off my my reactions during the game when I was watching it and I think watching Bazunu can be frustrating and nervy but yeah, I thought he had a relatively good game so even good. though he's yeah. had to pick four goals out of his net um, yeah he was forced uh, into quite a few saves um, for, yeah four four saves and they were fairly decent saves as well. um, yeah we I mean their keeper had seven saves to make but it was mostly just Ball straight straight out and, and yeah when he takes time on the ball from a back pass and the other players the opposition are putting him under pressure makes me feel so nervous but he dealt with it all right you know he didn't really make it make a mistake there I mean, he maybe rushed the odd pass out from the back that was then 
you know, later uh, given away cheaply. But I don't think Bazunu is to blame for that. And he does have the ability to find really decent long balls. Mm. You know, he'll take his time, wait for them to come forward and give a bit of pressure, look for an opening. And, um, yeah, then we, we are winning that, that first ball and, uh, and we can make something out of it that way. I hope that's something that we're going to build on for the rest of the season. Cause that could be very interesting. But yeah, I still, he still, you know, um, he made mistakes and yeah, I can't give it to him. I, from, from watching the match, I was maybe less aggrieved with small bonus performance because he just had an ability to pick out a good pass. I think his passing accuracy was um, was the highest or the second highest. I think the stats also will back me up on this one that whether it was backwards, forwards or sideways, he did pick out a decent pass and uh, yeah, I can't really fault him too much. I thought he was awful, Kev. Really? Mm. Dan's was much, much worse. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you know, maybe, maybe uh, during, during the game I just didn't see... Uh, the, the the worst part of his performance and uh, was paying more attention when he was playing well. But I think he I think he had the most tackles as well. Uh, Will Smallman. Mm. Yeah, I think he. It's, I think he's, he has a lot of touches. Yeah. You want to give it to Will Smallbone? Again, I don't want to, but I probably am, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, Gavin Gavin Bazunu wasn't at fault, I don't think, for for any of it. I'm not. I know you said about the, the fourth goal, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not. That's all on Suleimana, um for me. And Smallbone was, I thought he was awful uh, in that sense that he just allowed that player just to run rings around him. He's got no pace whatsoever. Mm. Um, but Bazuna, yeah, much, much better performance for him, which does sound weird when you when you conceded four goals. But um, I think he did what was asked of him. He had a couple of difficult ones to sort out, and he did. Um, he just didn't have the protection at all. Um, so I was tempted to give it to him, but I'm, I'm still, I'm going to give it to a dozy. Um, just because the only decent thing that I cheered about was the goal. And that was the the only reason that he gets it for me. So I, I will give it to Sam Adovey. Mm, I've been quite... Baby Shay. I mean, we're quite telling that he was hooked off at half-time, though. I think maybe uh, his fitness isn't quite there. Yeah, that was a bit of a... That was a weird one. I still didn't know why, but hey. Um, so the, the the results from our Pundit Games and our player rating, uh, do, do you realise, do you know who uh, who got the best score? I'm going to assume it was a dozy. It was a dozy. It was 6.0. Um, Bazunu second with a 5.0. Okay. Um, and third place was Stu Armstrong. And he was, he only came on in the like, late in the second half. But again, he... he he wasn't bad, really, was he? he didn't he, he didn't impact the game, but he did try and run with the ball and try and create something. Um, uh, 4.7 he, he scored. Adam Armstrong, 4.4. Uh, the worst, Kev, which you'll be pleased with, is uh, Suleimana with 2.2, uh, followed by Kyle mm-hmm. Walker-Peters at 2.5 and Ryan Manning also 2.5. Um, yeah, yeah Smallbone small 3.6, uh, so in the middle of the park there. Uh, with oh, with um with Alcaraz as well three point six and that gets me gets me thinking about Alcaraz actually we never talked about him but what's kind of happened to him he's kind of fallen off a little bit and it, it just seemed to me when he came on he was just shooting on sight or trying to shoot as soon as he touched the ball he was just looking for a shot I mean he even had that free kick didn't he and he, he I was thinking that maybe Manning with a left foot was going to curl that one in but there was no one was going to take that off of Alcaraz he just wanted it straight away and just completely wasted it every single time he got the ball he just looked to shoot um yeah just really disappointed with his play this season i mean the the crowd was maybe too much like just willing him to shoot anyway <laughs> so 
maybe just weak-willed. We don't have uh, Tim to give us his Ipswich and, and Middlesbrough preview, so uh, we, we'll do our predictions now, Kev, uh, just for the for the game. So uh, uh, you're up first for Ipswich. Uh, so how is this one going to play out? Have we got a clean sheet coming? I mean, fuck no, it's probably not, mate. Um, <laughs> we don't do clean sheets, do we? No. We like to shit the bed. Uh, expect the unexpected. Um, I'm going to predict a two-all draw. Wow. I am going to say that... I don't know where this is coming from, Kev, but I do think Saints are going to turn it around. I don't think they're going to get a clean sheet, but um, I think Saints are going to win this game. I think they have to win this game, and I think they're going to win this 2-1. So there we go, 2-1. Um, and then Middlesbrough uh, at the Riverside, another place we don't really travel well at, and... You can have the whole of the northeast. Considering their poor start to the campaign, <laughs> can we expect a turnaround here? Never expect a turnaround. Mate. Um, but you know, Middlesbrough, are they, they're like right at the foot of the table, and really, as I say, really having a shocking start to the season. Considering they were, uh, you know, a playoff playoff team last year. But yeah, bottom of the league, six, uh, sorry, five losses and and one draw, just appalling start to the season under Michael Carrick um, but then you know Saints are going away I can't see us winning there it's weird because I, I see us beating Ipswich but not Middlesbrough um, which is crazy but I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw uh, at Borough oh, okay yeah I really wanted to um, to predict a draw as well I think we're going to score two yeah no we're going to beat them 2-1 fuck it fuck it I'm going to go 2-1 yeah predict a win for the first time in ages Okay, um, and actually, um, because Tim's doing the preview later on, uh, I'm not going to get a chance to get your uh, your nicknames for them. So, um, have you managed to come up with anything funny for the uh, for the Tractor Boys and the Borough? <laughs> tractor Boys, Ipswich Town. Um, how about uh, the Switchblades? Explain. Or the Ipswich, the the Suffocators, because they're from Suffolk. Suffolk, yeah, okay. Um, the Hefferfuckers. Uh, explain. These are all farmers. Okay. <laughs> no, none of these are landing. I love um, No, it, it, the, the, the suffocators did, but then it, it was um, it was a bit late. That's all. <laughs> you you were literally suffocating as I said it. So yeah. <laughs> right, Middlesbrough, the borough, the smog monsters or the smoggies. Yeah. Um, red lions, tea ciders, or just the Doyles Doyles the Doyles it's, that's definitely not landed um it's you know, people from Middlesbrough call each other Doyles instead of idiots oh I've never heard that no no nope. fucking Doyle no nope, never heard that no. ah. oh, yeah learn something every day how about the, you know, the Todd monsters how about that why again <laughs> <laughs> Todd is like yeah north northeastern word for shit no again didn't know that ah, you've never been to Middlesbrough I, I've never been up to the northeast. Ah, okay. Or oh, you're missing out. Mm. All right, I'll try and make them even shitter next time. <laughs> I can always rely on you. Yeah. Um, anyway, those predictions then in, in the Discord. No one going for a four-one Leicester, uh, quite obviously. Uh, but a handful going for Leicester wins. Uh, you, Kevin, uh, Tim Brucker, yep. Tony Mears, uh, Burke One or Bacconi. Dan Fox, Frederick Lazaro, and Greg Kaplan all went for Leicester wins. Uh, and say big week ahead with the two games. Um, and can anyone dislodge Tim Brucker at the top of the tree? He still sits up there. Super six then. Round five is still going. Uh, we have two games in the Premier League today uh, going ahead. Uh, but currently Ryan Harris is on 14 points. Great score um, so far. Um, overall, Andrew Knight has that lead on 37 points. 
Uh, fantasy football, Kevin, how are we looking? I'm on 31 points so far, but uh, Trippier is going to come in and make it 39. Um, highest so far, 88. That's quite low. Normally people get over 100, don't they? Um, I'm in the doldrums of our Podders League in ninth on 251 points. Jacob Tanswell really running away with it. Um, Tim's kind of edging a little bit closer, but um, yeah, Tanswell's toppled him from top of our podcasters league um only you below me there i did what <clears throat> um you're your 10th yeah i know I, you just said you below me like, ah <laughs> okay that didn't let's land. not talk about that <laughs> um yeah uh, 251 puts me 70th in our big league um how about you uh 95th mm-hmm. <laughs> only 32 and... points this week not very good in the slightest Timmy slid to, to 25th and the top three. Um, third place, Jessica Morris, FC Balhamas, 301 points. Uh, Fred Gasson in second place with changed name, 303 points. And another eight points ahead is We Ate Pompey. Tommy Rafferty has 311 points. Mm, that's a name I can get on board with. Um, and how about, that song. <laughs> how about... Jaffa, or Jaffa, as you called it. <laughs> uh, Jaffa, I think I'm still killing it. 347 points. Uh, I haven't had the best week so far, but I think, again, I've got a couple of super subs to come in. 43 points, yeah, fairly steady. Um, <laughs> I got Ryan Manning, who scored me minus one. Christ. Yeah, I really should have captained um, Jusby Hall. No, he's my vice captain. couldn't bring myself to him. Yeah, it's mine too. I didn't realise that it doesn't actually score you anything, does it? The vice no. captain. Um, yeah, still top of the league. Got a nice cushion uh, between me and Tim. You're only three points behind him, considering that you've had a week off. Mm. You're a week behind everybody. Yeah, you're really uh, roaring up. Okay, uh, that is um, about it, I think, Kevin. We have to go to Tim for the, his preview. Not that far. Okay, I'd like to welcome along Tim now. Uh, Tim Bazantz, it's a shame uh, that you couldn't be on to discuss the latest collapse (laughs) with me and Kevin. I'm I'm sure you're really gutted about that, Uh, but I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm going to talk to you about Leicester, but first, how are you? How are you doing? How was your week? Doing very well. I'm here on vacation and visiting the Twin Cities of all places and really enjoying catching up with some old friends from college and really uh, taking in uh, some beautiful weather here in the fall in the upper Midwest, uh, which is well better than anything that Southampton is dealing with at the moment. Uh, yeah, including the weather, because as I, as we speak, it's absolutely chucking it down. It's all dark and dreary, which kind of like mirrors the team, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Dark, dreary and, and wet. And, and, and speaking of the team. What on earth did we witness on Friday night? Basically felt like we were playing suicidal highball that we just were trying to go for it. And that yet as soon as we as soon as we tried to do something, uh, it failed. And from right off the bat, like we weren't ready. It, we were out of position. There was nothing that went right. And there was just a, there was a mentality thing that I don't even know. I still, I look back and watch the highlights and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you're not doing anything. Play the fucking game. Yeah, they seem to be out of position an awful lot. They're not, um, they're not tracking back a lot, which is, you know, the, the most, most disappointing thing that once they've made those mistakes and given the ball away, 
there just doesn't seem to be any effort to get the ball back or to right their wrongs. And I mean, I, I, I don't know whether it's the system that's failing or the players that are failing the system, but I mean, Russell Martin's got a lot to explain. It seems that, that the break didn't didn't help him. It didn't help his, you know, the the, the way that we want to set up. It did nothing seemed to change. Of course, you cannot plan to go down in 21 seconds. It, you know, it happens. That's against the manager. But once it does, it's just the same mistakes again and again and again. And we cannot hope for any success in this league if we keep doing that. Um, and with the games coming up, you know, we've got Ipswich, who, I mean, at the start of the season, I said this was this was one that we, we should be looking to win. But considering their start and our form right now, doesn't look that easy, does it? No, they look, they look amazing. And go take a look back, and I mean, there's the sitting third on the table. Uh, the Tractor Boys is that the, is that their yeah. name? Tractor Boys, yeah. I can't can't believe that. It's a it's a fun it's a fun little town to be able to go and research and take a look at because <laughs> it's not it's not the it's not your traditional one. But uh, congrats to them for getting promoted last year from League One. And there are a lot of people in the lead ups and the in the predictions are saying, Oh, if which is gonna do good, they're gonna be in the top half. Some were even pushing them to be in the top, you know, in the in the playoff pushes and we're like, No, nah, this can't be it, this can't be happening. We knew about Plymouth that they were doing they were doing well and they won and we figured that Wednesday was gonna be absolute trash, which they are. So looking at it, we're like, Oh, and now you're like, uh, now, now I'm scared to go and want to go play them. Um, it, it, I'm just really fucking scared to be able to go and play this team. <laughs> Looking at their team and who they've been successful, a couple of people I want to highlight on there. Have you got Wes Burns in there? I'm not. I actually oh. I was not, not going to talk about him. So two, two players I want to talk about. Uh, Chaplin, uh, attacking midfield, been absolutely fantastic and broadhead as well. Played as, played primarily up top last year, and but he's out in the left wing currently and has been shifting around formation. And they've just made some sway tweaks. So recently when they played against uh, against Wednesday, they had uh, he played up top for the first time, made his first start in the season. So uh, looking at that, he got he got yanked pretty quickly here because it didn't show uh, he didn't show a lot of promise. But besides that, the entire team just plays together. And you mentioned Wes Burns. He's obviously in that uh, right attacking midfield area in the 4-2-3-1 area. And then uh, Wolf Fenden. Uh, not only I just I just wanted to be able to say his name because <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool, but he's been a center back there since the beginning. Uh, he's been he's a he's he's 25. Uh, has never played for any other team. He's never been on loan anywhere else, and he's regularly starting for them now and has been for a number of years. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, but most of all, we need to consider their goalkeeper, Haladki. Uh, he's been staying on his head and has been keeping him in games when he shouldn't have been. So um, all in all, like there's no one player that stands out and one player that says, oh, we have to we have to look out for them. We have to go for uh, we have to take care of them. Uh, Chaplin and Broadhead are going to be their attack. And if you're able to neutralize them, uh, you know, with Wes Burns, he's going to be all right. Um, but I think those if you're able to neutralize those two and then Hope Lackey just wants to not look good at all uh, as long as long as he can just play like shit and we might be able to get a few goals past him but uh we can't stop at goals for anything so we're kind of we're kind of screwed so Kieran McKenna when he when you look at him he's he's a funny looking guy but he's 30 so he's 37 and he's been there for he's I mean he played he came up through the Tottenham in the Spurs ranks for a while for a while yeah. and then um you know as he's been in terms of being the manager he was just 
doing uh working with the with the youth. He worked for Spurs and he worked for Manchester United, but then quickly coming back, decided uh, Ipswich took him in from 2021, but been coaching for a while, and uh, now he's uh he's dominating and doing very 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 well. Uh, when they when they first when they first signed him on, uh, nobody really knew of him, and now he's uh, league league one manager of the month within the first uh within the first month in August of 2022, and now is likely to be extremely successful and you know at this point in time who's who's he going to get poached by? If he I mean he's doing so well with Ipswich right now, so they just just beat Sheffield Wednesday on the weekend. Okay, Sheffield Wednesday. Not exactly firing at the moment. One thing that does does stand out for me is that with this with this game after on Tuesday night, we would have played every single team from League One last season. Uh, so we've done Sheffield Wednesday, uh, then Plymouth, uh, and now Ipswich. Um, c- considering our current stance in the league, what will be ninth in the table right now. Um, not exactly the best of starts when you look at it like that. But yeah, just looking at, at uh, Ipswich against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, they won 1-0, didn't they? And you say they set up in a 4-2-3-1. Are we expecting the mm-hmm. same again? Yeah, they'll be, they've been playing the same thing all season long. Yeah, so, Burns, Chapman, do, Broadhead and Ladapo, yeah, just the, the front line. We... We don't need they're they're going to um, like they're just going to come at us with what they can. And, and, by, and what I mean by that is they've been setting up that way the entire season and they're not they're just going to be and work together as one of those uh, you know, work together as a team where we look like a bunch of individual players out there and scratching our heads and, you know, tickling our balls while we're, while we're ha- having a good time out there on the field. Yeah. And they don't concede a lot of goals. Didn't concede at Hillsborough again. Uh, I'm just looking at their, their back line as well. Do you see any weaknesses in there? Is it something that we can exploit? Is there anyone that we can you know, take a run at? I mean, their, their wing backs got Leif Davis and, and Harry Clark played against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and was it Burgess and uh, Wolfenden in the middle? Yeah. Um, can we can we exploit those players? Is, is there anyone there that's a weak link? I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to set back a little bit farther um, than, and they're really just going to play in that low, they're actually going to play more of in a low block. Um, so when, if you took a look at their, uh, their leads game, um, when they played and they were, they were basically did not give up their stance and they did not change anything. They gave up two goals pretty quickly there to Perot, uh, to, or Ganoto, sorry, Ganoto and Joe Perot. That was his first game there. And they, they had to claw and fight their way back. And what, what the thing was, if you take a look at their heat map on that game, they sat back and had to drop back a little bit more and gave leads more of that possession. So I think they're going to recognize pretty quickly that, we're going to have that attacking flare and we're going to be able to push and be going forward. But I think they're going to be a little bit more uh, conscious about uh, trying to go and attack us at our strengths because Ipswich were able to go and rock it and be on the front foot, the majority of league one last year. And they had uh, the second most goals in the season last year, but right now they can't, they can't do that. So, well, they're, they're it, playing to their strengths, aren't they? And if you look at what Tony Mowbray did with uh, with Sunderland against us and, and Maresco, what he's done with Leicester, happy to concede possession against us, just sit back, be well organised and catch us on the counter, which is, uh, yeah, it, it's more than likely to happen, actually, to be honest. I mean, especially being at St Mary's and all that, they're going to just uh, want to be able to sit back and let us 
let us go for it with uh, with nothing to show for it. Predictions then, Tim. Please tell me we have we are we are going to put this right now. A clean sheet. We're going to take three points and we're going to be right back on on track to uh, march up that league. Yeah, who I don't know who it was when I predicted a clean sheet against Leicester. It, <laughs> I, it was within a within a minute, and I was like, well, I'm an idiot, and. <laughs> People you know, wanted to make one of those bold predictions. I was thinking we were going to be able to come to and just kind of figure it all out. I didn't expect us to completely collapse and just never not care about playing the game at all. <laughs> so to me, uh, Ipswich are going to are very lucky right now. They are coming going away to us midweek in a game that the, the fans are not very happy. They're not going to want to come out in droves to be able to support this team. And they're on a roll. And just obviously with that one loss to Leeds at home in which they still lost, they still put two goals away in the last 15 minutes to try and get it up to 4-3 shows that they had some fight in them. They are going to come in thinking that they can come and do anything that they want. And I think they will. But I do think that we'll be able to snake out a draw. (laughs) It's unfortunately snake out a draw uh, from this game. So I'm going to go with it's going to be 2-2. The week isn't over because we travel up northeast again, which is somewhere we, we don't travel very well to. As, as you know, Sunderland, Newcastle, whatever, we don't seem to travel well up there. Uh, we've got Middlesbrough on Saturday, the 23rd of September. That's a three o'clock kickoff. That's Riverside Stadium. How are we looking at Middlesbrough then? Really, really poor start to the season for them, considering they were favourites or one of the favourites to uh, challenge for promotion. So when we looked at the September lineup and said, OK, this is going to be a massive massive fight we're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be season defining and how our results are so far and as as so far they've been real shit but when i looked at the middlesbrough game and we thought okay they had a really really fantastic uh last part of last season we're able to get into the playoff picture and michael carrick we were ready to crown him like okay he's the next up-and-coming player he's the next best manager like look for it He's coming out and he's going to be success. And this is this is another game that we don't want to have to go and deal with, and uh, we have to travel. Well, right now it's flipped on its head because we're I'm scared against having to play Ipswich, but now we get to go the the end of the week game. They've they look like shit. They looked absolutely atrocious. They looked worse. They've worked worse than Sheffield Wednesday in. Um, uh, in any of the highlights that you're you're able to take a look at, one point over the last six games, where did they fall off? And they've fallen off last year because they don't have Chupa Akbom. Mm. Uh, he was 20. Obviously, he had an absolute career year last year at 28 goals. Just an absolute. When you lose that and you don't replace it with anybody, that's a big that's a big problem. So taking a look at Chupa, uh, you know, take a look at what do you, you know, what do what do they have? What's remaining in their team? What's you know, who do they like? The only person that you can think of, and I thought, well, is Marcus Foss, of course, mm. and he's shown a lot of promise, and he's tried to pick up where he's left, uh, where try to do as best that he possibly can uh, under Chupa under Chupa leaving, but Chupa was that traditional number nine. Uh, forces that number uh, is that cam he's that 10 he he rotates off in the on the right side of the 4231 and to me he's they're only looking they're only person who looks and has, has any level of threat so outside of that Lewis O'Brien in midfield is uh has been bounced around a bit uh played for Huddersfield he's played for for Nottingham Forest and now he's with Middlesbrough and then Dale Fry is I don't know 
the name st- sticks to me with Dale Fry because uh, he was always one of the guys that I would sign in League Two in like FIFA 26, uh, 2017 and then like <laughs> sign him and then get him to like and then his overall rating was like in, in the 80, like I got him to like 86 or 87. So I made him basically world class by the time I got um, Exeter City promoted to the Premier League. The only other major signing they've had this offseason has been an absolute CF, and he's been terrible. That's Sunny Dieng, their further goalkeeper. They signed him uh, from uh, QPR, and QPR was more than happy to let him go because apparently Begovic is uh, – is, people are actually enjoying Begovic down there. But Dieng uh, replaced Zach Steffen, who was on loan from Manchester City mm, last year, U.S. Right. National. And so taking a look at that, um, they've been there. There's been no click. There's been no action. They have no. There's no solidarity when it comes to the back. Even Dale Fry and his massive head cannot be uh, be able to knock everything away. Uh, um, and force is not able to pick up the slack for all those goals missing. They haven't been able to find uh, what what is truly needed. And Carrick's got to be the first person with the with uh, on the team. Uh, I guess the first person who's got to be fired right he's going to be one of the top people quickly well it just seems to me that you know they've lost Akpom they've lost key player I mean Zach Steffen key player as well when you consider mm-hmm. the signing that they brought in maybe there was um you know trouble with the with the board that they wouldn't give him the funds again maybe they thought they were good enough maybe it was naivety or, or arrogance thinking that they would be good enough to give a, a you know a, a challenge in the championship again and it just hasn't worked they haven't really done as you said, not they haven't really done anything in the in the transfer market. Maybe the funds weren't there. And, yeah, uh, you know, Carrick's doing the best he can with what he's got. Who are their key players? Nobody is their key player. They're shooting themselves in the foot. So, mm-hmm. um, to me, looking up, uh, Carrick's got them all in a four-two-three-one. Uh, he he's normally been solid at the back, and what was it? that was the thing? He had one of the best defensive teams in the season in, uh, in the in the league last year, and that's what they got him to. Uh, right. That's yeah. what got him to the playoffs because Akbom just had a career year. Let him they just let, let him cook, and after that, uh, the, you know, for, in terms of de- in terms of defense, they just held it in. But they haven't figured it out. They've got nothing there, and it doesn't scare me at all to be able to go and play them. But the last and hopefully we you know we're able to sneak a result out of Ipswich and then we can turn it around and get the mentality back knowing that Middlesbrough has been d- downtrodden and I'm sorry Carrick but I want to be the team that gets you fired because <laughs> I want to kick the kick and kick this and kick the shit out of you it's probably a bad time for Carrick to be playing Saints isn't it if we do go up and get a result against uh, Ipswich and you know the season's turned around and then you know Saints are on a high uh, yeah, it could be a bad time to play us. But uh, what's your score prediction? Then? I'm going to go with we are going to win 2-1. 2-1 away win. I shall certainly take that. Right, Tim, that is it, mate. Well, thank you so much. And uh, my my hopefully our hangovers are cured pretty <laughs> quick and my voice comes back and I don't sound like a, a smoker. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on uh, to do this because I know you're away and it's very, very early over there. What is it, like 6 o'clock in the morning for you? Um, yeah so yeah I, I can't thank you enough for actually you know <laughs> coming on especially after what you witnessed on Friday night to, uh, to 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 go off on your holiday you know you're having a nice time and to come and talk about Saints is um yeah I can't thank you enough all right thank you so much I'll we'll talk soon <laughs> yes and hopefully we'll have uh, something to ch- good to chat about next week and then we'll prepare for uh, for that Leeds game up the Saints up the Saints up the Saints up oh, Southampton
Sports Social Podcast Network.